Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. So welcome to Dive Matthew, where we're going to be doing 28 chapters of Matthew in 28 days. For the first study, you're going to want to download our dive guide at www.divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. Dive studies are our version of inductive Bible study. This particular study of Matthew was the first one we did back in 2019. I hosted that dive guide in a different format on a different website at the time, but now if you want to join in and see how to do a dive study before committing to join us live, you'll want to go ahead and go to divecollective.org to download and get started. So we're going to go ahead and read through the 21st chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to skip ahead because you've already read the chapter, you can do that now. You'll want to join back in at approximately 6 minutes and 32 seconds. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her foal. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey in its foal, then they laid their clothes on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar, saying, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to to him in the temple, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did, and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus replied, Yes, have you never read? You have prepared praise from the mouths of infants and nursing babies. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. Early in the morning, as he was returning to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. 
When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Did John's baptism come from heaven, or was it of human origin? They discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the crowd because everyone considers John to be a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, my son, go work in the vineyard today. He answered, I don't want to, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the man went to the other and said the same thing. I will, sir, he answered, but he didn't go. Which of the two did his father's will? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him, but you, when you saw it, didn't even change your minds then and believe him. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to tenant farmers and went away. When the time came to harvest fruit, he sent his servants to the farmers to collect his fruit. The farmers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first group, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever, whomever it falls, it will shatter him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. Although they were looking for a way to arrest him, they feared the crowds because the people regarded him as a prophet. All right, I'm going to break this up into the triumphal entry. I go from... 1 through 17, and then I do uh, 18 through 30. And I did the other one, but we're not going to cover that today. Although it's good. So if you do, let us yeah, know. Yeah, talk about that one in the yeah. discussion. Observations. Jesus sent two disciples to bring back a donkey and her foal. The king is coming gentle on a mounted, mounted on a donkey. He's fulfilling a prophecy. Again, we're in Matthew, so we should, there's a lot of prophecies being fulfilled here. Those should be acknowledged. Disciples put their clothes on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. People laid clothes and branches on the road. This created an uproar in the city, and people were asking who he was. The crowd was declaring that he's a prophet from Nazareth. The picture goes straight to cleansing the temple. Sorry. Yep, the picture, the video that's in my head, <laughs> goes straight to cleansing the temple. And he begins healing blind and lame in the temple. The chief priests and scribes are indignant because of signs and wonders, and children are shouting Hosanna to, Hosanna to the son of David. I hope you're drawing these pictures in your head because these are mm -hmm. fabulous pictures. I pictured Jesus turning the tables 
um, in anger, but I, I there these are separate scenes to me in the mm-hmm. past. This isn't all one scene where Jesus turns the tables and then at the same time, there's kids running around the temple court screaming Hosanna in the mm-hmm. highest and declaring Jesus to be who he is. That's almost overwhelming to think about. The priests and the scribes ask if Jesus hears what they're saying. <laughs> Are you hearing this? Are you going <laughs> to let this continue? And Jesus responds, yes, I'm going to let this continue. Don't you know that they're right? Like, this is exactly Mm -hmm. the prophecy that's being fulfilled. Not only are they right that I am the son of David, but the fact that they're saying I'm the son of David should point you to the fact that they're right, right? Because it's a prophecy, another prophecy being fulfilled. I wrote out that prophecy. So interpretation-wise for this section I have, that just Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy of a king, even as the people are declaring him simply a prophet, Maybe because they didn't know the scriptures, but Matthew retells the story knowing he's fulfilled the prophecy, and I wonder whether they hoped this was, um, I wonder if they hoped that this was confirmation that he was a king and wouldn't actually die. Mm-hmm. If you picture him riding in on a colt and crowds and crowds screaming Hosanna in the highest, I wonder whether this was kind of like a, well, maybe here comes our king, like maybe we're ushering in the new coronation, this is actually happening. Right. It's like the climax almost of his entire life. Here we come, he's king, and then it all falls from here. It all just sort of deteriorates, right? Because the chief priests obviously are not going to allow Jesus to be declared Mm -hmm. the king of the Jews. Back to the king thing. Yeah. Like, that. it's another example of them not seeing the whole picture, right? Because they're thinking, he's our king. He's going to take us out from under Roman rule, basically. Yes. just a regular old king. They still were not seeing that when he calls himself the king or when the king that's prophesied that he's fulfilling those prophecies is not a, not an earthly king. Yeah. He's talking about this kingdom that he's been talking about all this time. Not kingdom yet in the earthly sense. Yeah. Well, it will be ultimately, right? right? Eventually, but yeah. they're looking, they're seeing him ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Thinking that's what's happening thinking now. Thinking that's what's happening now, right? Yeah. Because none of them, there was no, there was no indication that I know of to the Jews that this was going to be a two-step process, which is why many of them don't believe because they still think that the Messiah, whoever the Messiah is, is going to be the king of the world and finish, destroy all of their enemies and they'll ultimately live under the the king of the Jews, right? So at this point there, they have no reason to think Mm -hmm. that if he can be killed, he could possibly be the Messiah. I wrote my interpretation for number three is that Jesus has had a very full day of crazy excitement when he went to Bethany and spent the night there. (laughs) (laughs) It's accurate. He's had all the emotions. Okay, Uh, here's here's a question. Yeah. Just a question. Why and how does he ride on two animals? Have you ever noticed that before? He sits on them. They bring him a donkey and a foal of a donkey. He's got two. Have you ever noticed that? They bring the well, donkey and the foal, they lay their clothes on them, and he sat on them. I've always been confused why they don't just pick one. Why, <laughs> why does Matthew not just, like, and why does he need two? This is, don't put this in. This is totally me just like. No, can I put it in? I mean, it's not, I don't have to have an I, answer yeah, for you. That's the whole it's point. It's just a total, like. Rabbit trail? Yeah, yeah, like, why? Why? I picture it as though Jesus is sitting on one and his belongings are on the on the other, or that because okay. they lay clothes I on there and. I pictured him as having belongings. 
yeah, that's true. The disciples not to take anything mm-hmm. with them. So I've always yeah. just pictured him. It's the flannel graph coming back into my head. Flannel graph? Oh my goodness! You don't know what flannel graph is? No. It's the it's the felt pictures that. Oh. <laughs> From nursery school? Did they have two on the flannel graph? Oh, yeah, and he was... Because I thought one one of the Gospels only has one of them. Oh, really? Right? I think... I don't think all of the... I don't think that it's pictured that way in all the Gospels. So application-wise, I think I pretty much said exactly what you had said, which is that in my own personal quiet time, I thought to myself, I know who God is and declare myself to be a follower, but I don't recognize him when he's right in front of my face sometimes. How many prophecies he had fulfilled and signs that they should have seen to recognize him. And yet it's all happening right in their very presence, fulfilling four prophecies that God told of in advance and many of them still didn't recognize him. Um, So just an application to remember that no matter how I feel or what I'm experiencing all day long, God is fulfilling prophecies right in front of my face. He's working in the midst of all of it. And I'm probably just not recognizing it. Mm -hmm. And just like the disciples, maybe it'll be years later before it all makes sense. 21, 18 through 30. I have early in the morning, Jesus was hungry. He had just had that big day yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) This is the day after turning tables in the temple. The fig tree isn't bearing fruit, so it condemns it. So he condemns it, and it shrivels. And I had never made the connection between him being hungry and yeah, me neither. <laughs> being mad at the tree. <laughs> I will never be able to read this or hear about this again without thinking of a friend that I have here that this section really bothers her. She's like, "What is his problem? Like, this does not sound like Jesus." <laughs> but part of me, like reading it now, it's is like the hu- it's his humanity. Like it's him you being think? like, I'm hungry and there's no figs on the tree. So forget You me. have no point. And right. this is, makes a really great and illustration. So while I'm at it. <laughs> right. And he can. So yes. I mean, yes. why not wither it? That's yeah. super simplistic and it might be, there might be some major holes in that, but. Yes. So this victory isn't bearing fruit. So he condemns it and it shrivels. Disciples asked, how did that shrivel so quickly? <laughs> Faith equals answered prayer. The temple chief priests come to him and asked him by what authority he taught and performed wonders. Jesus responds with a question about John's baptism. And basically, Jesus knew when he was doing this, you can tell that he was trapping them back. Because if they had responded one way, then they they would affirm Jesus Mm -hmm. being who John said he was. If they respond another way, they're going to lose all of their credibility. I love hearing their thought process. Like, oh, shoot. Yeah, what are we going to do? And so I love what their answer is, is basically like, we don't know. And Jesus goes, well, then I'm not going to answer you. Right, which is totally the answer that we give when we don't want to answer the question. I mean, I just ask my kids a question that they don't want to answer. It's, I don't know. Yes. And so it's a total, yeah. Really great illustration of who we are as humans, for sure. So back to the fig tree really fast. Sure. Jesus was walking by, he withers the tree, and the disciples are like, whoa (laughs) how did that happen so fast and it just makes me think about i love that no matter how many times we see god work do things we can still be completely blown away by what he's not that we can be but we We are are. we're always surprised he just did something yesterday and yet we're still like mind boggled that he's able to do it again today yeah and I, sometimes I look at the disciples and I'm like, seriously, how could you not expect? You're you're worried that you don't have bread and he just fed thousands of people. Like, yes. And yet at the same time, I love that it's just, it's kind of a picture of like the depths of God. Yes. He is just going to keep on working and we are just going to keep on being blown away yes. by what he's capable of. Yes. 
He doesn't just forgive seven times 70 or infinitely. He also gives graciously infinitely. Mm-hmm. There's no, there is no limit to how much he lavishes us with. Yeah. Be just not just forgiveness, but miracle upon miracle mm-hmm. upon miracle, even if it's just to illustrate that he's God. You know, what? Mm-hmm. The, what the, what's the purpose of shriveling that fig tree? Right. Except to show that he can. He can. Yeah. I mean, that fig tree was fine there, I'm sure. Right. Well, I and, guess I can't maybe, be sure, but yeah. I would assume that there's nothing wrong with the fig tree besides the fact that it's not bearing fruit, and it makes a great right. illustration. And maybe it just didn't have fruit on it because everyone had already picked all the fruit off. Like, So it's a fig tree. He assumes it's going to have figs on it, and then he's like... May yeah. no fruit ever come no from you again. So I kind of, I think it's, I've always thought of it as it not being in season for figs, but he wouldn't have gone up to it if it wasn't in season. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like the fig tree was messed up. There just right. didn't happen to be any figs on it at the time. Yes. For whatever reason. Good point. We don't know. Wait, I didn't finish my observations. Priests felt trapped between the accountability of the God versus accountability of the crowds. The, their answer indicates that the priest didn't believe John the Baptist, but they answered they don't know. Jesus responds, then I won't answer you. The parable of the two sons directed at the priests and the elders in which they asked, this is what I want to talk about. Okay. The parable of the two sons that is directed at the priests and elders. Jesus basically says, who obeyed? The one who said, I don't want to, but then did. Or the one that said, I will, sir, but didn't. What does that say about, what does that say about obedience? Or God's will towards obedience. Because I will admit that, not even admit, I'm going to say that I will tell my kids, obedience is doing what I say right away without delay. Right. But that's not what Jesus is saying here, right? It sounds like he's saying the opposite. I'd rather you tell me I don't want to and then eventually go and do it. Right. At least be honest. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. It almost feels like there's vulnerability in that. I don't want to hear my kids tell me they don't want to do something that I ask them to do, but at least they're not, at least I can, I know what's going on inside. Yeah. Like they're not trying to, the, the second one feels sneakier to me when you say, sure. And it's lip service. It. It's yeah. everything that the Pharisees are about. Yeah. It's lip service. They're doing all of these things. They're praying out loud. Mm-hmm. They're giving out it's loud. It's for show, right. Everything is for show. And so they look really obedient. And if I had a kid, I mean, I can think of, Kids that I know that you can hear them saying to their parents and acting and saying all of the right things, but you know that they're driving their parents crazy because Mm -hmm. at home they're not doing anything that they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing. If I think about my kids and if they were to say, I don't want to, and eventually they go and do it, I can still be mad at their, at their attitude, Mm -hmm. but there's still an honest relationship between us. There's, when you take out the honesty, Mm -hmm. then there's no relationship. You Mm -hmm. can't have a relationship without honesty and vulnerability. At least when they say they don't want to, a relationship is even being built still, even in the frustration and the discipline and in the anger, at least. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can't deal with a dishonest heart. That's observation, interpretation. So application, I talked about interpretation, but I went through a season as I was doing this study where I would come down every morning and I would hear God speak to me and I'd walk away totally committed to do what I intended to do. And then during the day, I wouldn't do it because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, which is kind of the opposite of what he's saying here. But I would be like, yes, I'm going to go do it. But then I wouldn't do it. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of just I, I walked away really convicted by this passage because I was the other person. I was the person yeah. saying, I will. Yeah. But then I didn't. And made me wonder, am I just as guilty as somebody giving lip services? If my intention is to do it and I don't do it, yes. Like, it doesn't matter. Obedience. 
obedience mm-hmm. is what it comes down to when we're talking about following Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's about obeying. So at any rate, that was the application that I came away from was that I was really convicted about being a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word. Which is an interesting contrast to, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet, but the whole idea that God knows our hearts, mm-hmm. when you talk about pure in heart, mm-hmm. and and even even the, the aspect of the gospel and that doing the things that we're supposed to do doesn't earn more love. Earn anything, mm-hmm. right? So... So there's this weird balance between God, we're covered, we Mm -hmm. are completely covered, and God knows our hearts. He knows our hearts are desperately wicked, too, Mm -hmm. and yet they're covered in the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't any condemnation when we don't do the things that we know we should be doing. Right. That doesn't mean we just throw in the towel and don't obey. Right. And so... Well, because the things that I'm trying to do would make my life better. Like, right. Like when he's asking me to do something, I know it's because it's for my it's good, good and for exactly. somebody else's good. So yeah. when I don't do it, it's not necessarily because I feel condemned. But it is a frustrating, why can't I do... Yeah. I want to do this good thing. Why can't I make my... Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Why am I not doing it? Which is more frustration... Not uh, in regards to my salvation or no. God's love for me. Yeah. Just more this frustration of, I know he wants more for me. And I know there is more for me. And I know some of it happen- is my own human limitations. Mm-hmm. So, Which makes me think of yeah. Paul. Wasn't Paul the one that said, I do I the things that I don't, don't want, want to do. do and the I things don't do I want to do. Thanks for listening to this episode yeah. of Dive Matthew. Yeah. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, Come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community, one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see.